Welcome to the Mrs. Rev podcast, where we equip and empower you to fulfill God's call with joy and with purpose. Get out your Bible and open up the notes app on your phone as we jump into God's word with your host, Pastor Joey Miller. I know I always say this, but it's amazing to worship in a group of women together. It's just a beautiful thing. I feel like we could just worship all night in this place. But we're going to get into the Word. Are you all excited to get into the Word tonight? We're going to open up our Bibles, and we're going to talk about some crazy faith. Crazy faith. Because I don't know about you ladies, but I have about had it. I have about had it with normal faith. That if we're going to obtain everything that God has for us in 2020, listen to me. This, this thing's about coming to a wrap. That, that the end is, is approaching. And I don't know about you, but I want to accomplish everything that God has for me to accomplish. And in order to do that, we got to stop uh, playing church. We got to stop being okay with, with things as normal as usual. And we got to have some crazy faith. And I believe that I'm in a room of women that have some crazy faith. And they're going to do some amazing things for the Lord in 2020. Amen? Amen. We're going to open up our Bibles to Exodus chapter 14. We're going to be talking about crossing over tonight. Crossing over. And this message, uh, the Lord gave me uh, several messages for Chick Church clear back in the middle of 2019, and I just never got to this. And, and I feel like it's, it's for a time as this. So uh, we're going to be talking tonight out of Exodus 14, and it's a long scripture. And um, I was asking my husband, I said, if you were to preach out of this scripture, where would you start? And he said, from the beginning. <laughs> he, said, he said, it's okay to read a lot of scripture. You're in church. And um, I was laughing because there was actually a kid's video that explained this story in like three minutes. And I wanted to play it for you ladies so much. But I was afraid, like, you'd be like, what service, what kind of service did I come to tonight? So, so I'm going to read. Uh, we're gonna, if you have your Bibles, Exodus 14, crossing the Red Sea. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of the Parah between Mid- I see this is why I don't like these names. Migdal and the sea in front of Baal Zephrin, and you shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, there are wandering in the land. The wilderness has, has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants were changed towards the people. And they said, what is it that we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him and took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers all over them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. You still with me? The Egyptians pursued them, and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and all the horsemen in his army overtook them and encamped at the sea in front of Bazel Sephron. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. 
And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hands over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea onto dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all of his host. And it goes on, and the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was a cloud in the darkness and it lit up the night without one coming near and then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind in the night and made a sea dry land and the waters were divided and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on to dry ground and we see here in this story which you all probably have heard that story once or twice but I wanted to read the story because you know we understand that the people of Israel, they were in bondage for a lot of years in Egypt. That they had been crying out for a deliverer. They had been crying out for years upon years that it was so bad. They were in slavery. They were in, in bondage. And, and they were in torment. And that yet they were calling out to God. And the scripture says God heard them and he raised up a deliverer for them. And, you know, tonight we're going to talk about crossing over into a place of faith, crossing over to a place that your faith is no longer wavering. No longer are you going back and forth. No longer are one minute you're like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm believing God for this. And then the next second, uh, your child gets a, a cold and, and you're like, oh no, it's the coronavirus. You know, not like, no, I know you all. Come on, we've all had those thoughts, right? <laughs> Funny story, I was traveling uh, on an airplane internationally and um, I was flying to Switzerland. And the, the last time I flew on an international flight, I was going to Mozambique um, in Africa, and it just so happened that that was the time that the Ebola outbreak was going on. And so actually when we came back into the States from being in Africa, uh, there was actually a flight that, that, uh, that they were being vetted, like with hazmat suits, as we came back from Africa. So, so this time, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, why is there always a deadly disease when I'm traveling overseas? So my dad, of course, being a, a dad, he wanted me to wear a mask. Have you seen the medical masks? That, and instead of arguing with him, I, was, I didn't want to go into the whole spiel, like, we believe in faith and that disease would die if it touched me, you know, the whole faith spiel. Or I was like, okay, dad, yeah, bring me the masks. So he dropped them off uh, to me and I laughed so hard because it wasn't actually a medical mask. It was like a construction grain mask. And <laughs> 
I was just picturing me and my daughter Ava going through the airport with this like construction mask on our face. So anyway, don't tell him I didn't wear it. But um, <laughs> it was it was really funny. But but anyway, so like so you know Ebola and then the coronavirus and and all that. And um, long story short, so don't be don't be wondering if your kids cough. Is that it's not the coronavirus, okay? But but we can so easily wander in and out of our faith walk. And one second we're like women of of strong faith and the next second we're wavering and we're tossed to and fro like James says a double-minded man you know one second we're we're all out and the next second we're crippled with fear and and torment and anxiety and that's not that's not crazy faith that's not the God kind of faith that's going to be faith that that will get you through your day but you're not going to obtain land ground see God has a promised land for you he has a promised land for you. And that promised land is connected to the dreams and the desires that he's put in your heart. You know, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that, that, when, you, that when you seek the Lord with all of your heart, that, that he gives you those desires, that he puts desires in you not to disappoint you, but to see them fulfilled. That he puts that desire in you so that desire can then turn into faith. Faith always starts with a desire. And that desire comes from him. If you're serving the Lord, you can trust that the desires that you have are from him. And, and you can trust that if it's in his word, it's definitely from him. So if you have a desire, you're like, my husband is really getting on my nerves. And uh, my desire is to look for someone else. That's not a desire from the Lord. But, but, you know, if you have a pure desire, that desire is from God. And you could trust. And he works within your desire. He doesn't work against what you want. He's not going to tell you to go become a missionary to, to India when you don't even like to, you know, take off your high heels. Like, he works within your personality. He works within who you are to create that desire. So there's a promised land. There's land that God wants you to obtain. And, and like I said before, it's not like he's dangling a carrot in front of you to be like, oh, wouldn't this be amazing? And, and then you always fall short of it. He has full intention that you walk in the fullness of that promise. Full intention, but it comes down to you wanting it bad enough, getting frustrated enough, getting disgusted enough with how things were. See, the Israelites were, were tired of being in bondage, and then they were crying out for someone to save them. They were ready for change. They were ready to take the walk of faith to leave Egypt and head to the promised land. But it all starts with that desire. See, your will, when it, when it partners with God's will, is a powerful force. Your will, partnering with God's will, is a powerful force. Because God could want something for you, and if you don't want it bad enough, you'll never obtain it. You'll be like, ah, you know, that would be nice one day. But, but you have to say, you know what, God, I want it. I want it. I see what you have for me. And I can't define your promised land. I can't tell you what God has put in your heart to do. Only you know that. Only God has birthed that in your spirit. But, but get crazy faith enough to start believing God for it, to say, you know what, that's my standard. Anything less than that, it doesn't cut it for me. I'm obtaining everything that God has for me. And that's crazy faith. God starts with desire. So what is it that you want tonight? What is it that God has birthed within your spirit? What is that thing that if you dared to believe God for it, then, then your whole world would change? Grab hold of it tonight. Grab hold of it by faith and say, God, I'm crying out to you for that thing. And I know that you are a faithful God. And if you spoke it, you're going to bring it to pass in my life. 
The Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie. That if he decreed it over you, he's going to bring it to pass. He's going to bring it to pass. So that desire turns into faith. And through that faith, we start to, to take hold of that which is ours. So you can't take hold of something if you're not believing God for it, if you're, if you're wishy-washy about it. You know, if the Israelites were like, ah, eh, you know, we could stay here or we could go either way. No, they, they had to say, you know what, we're done. We're ready to go on the journey that God has for us to get out of slavery. And the moment you're ready, God's ready. The second you're like, God, I'm serious. I'm ready to have some crazy faith and start stepping out. God will meet you in that place. Amen. He'll meet you right there. And it takes you getting frustrated. And, you know, uh, it's interesting because if you study the story of the Egyptians leaving or the Israelites leaving Egypt, you know as well as I do, that wasn't the quickest path for them to take, right? There was a quicker, there was a, is that a word? Uh, where's Bethany? Quicker path? Am I saying that right? Uh, for them to take. That, that there was a, a, a route that they could have gotten to their promised land much sooner, but they had to fight some giants on the way. And in Exodus, it says that God didn't take them that way because he was afraid if they had to fight, if they came up against opposition, then, then they, would, they would run back to slavery and bondage. That they, they weren't ready to fight. So God had to take them on a longer path and, and a, a, a path that seemed impossible for them coming up against the Red Sea. Could you imagine them? Okay, let's leave. Like we really ticked Pharaoh off. Now we're, we're following Moses. We're following him. And, and then all of a sudden they see this sea and they're like, Where's, where's plan B? Like, how are we going to get across this thing? And, and God knew what he was doing all along. God knew in his sovereignty, he knew that if they went the, the quicker way, they would be destroyed. And let me tell you tonight that if God did things your way, you would probably be destroyed. That you have to resign the fact that God is God and you're not. God is God and you're not. You know, we, we laugh in our house a lot of times. We call him Jehovah Sneaky because he does things so different than, than I would do. And I'm bossy. I like, I like to see things in order. When I was traveling, we were laughing because just my personality is, is I like to see things in order. So I don't know. Kristen, you could tell me what Enneagram that is. I'm not sure. So, a one. So um, a personality test. But uh, so we were in the line for the airport, and I had traveled so much that this lady had started piling her stuff on the security belt. And I'm, I'm like, uh, ma'am, you're going to have to move that. I was like, they're not going to let you through with that. Like, you have to get another bucket. And, and I'm like, sir, we need some more buckets over here. Like, I'm completely taking over the situation. And, and my daughter's like, mom, please, like, just let them take care of this, you know. But how often are we like that with God? Like, God, um, God, this isn't right. You're going to have to rearrange this here because it's not fitting into my plan. You know, I, I'm trying to get to my promised land here, and, and you're not working things out in my timeline. Like, you know, uh, I'm not sure that you see what's going on here, God. And all the while, he's like, you're going to be destroyed if you want it that way. You think that you know it all, but you will be destroyed. And so we have to resign to the fact that God is a sovereign God, that, he, that we could trust him. And, and we know that he will never let us down. That he won't lead us down paths that, that are going to hurt us. He leads us down good paths. He has a good plan for our lives. And so many times we can't have crazy faith because we're caught up. We're stumbling over the fact that God's not doing it the way that we think he should do it. 
So obviously, if he's not doing it our way, he's not doing it right, and he's not going to come through, right? You know, there's a saying that I like to say, and if it's not good, it's not over. Because God is a God who is good. And if anything in your life doesn't speak of his goodness, it's not over yet. When the Israelites came up against the Red Sea, they could have said, and they probably did say, you know, where is God now? You brought us out here to die, they said. You know, were there not enough graves in Egypt? Did you hear that part of the scripture? Like you thought this would just be funny, Moses, to bring us out here to, to drown us? And they were saying that God wasn't good because he wasn't doing it the way they thought that he, it should be done. But the story wasn't over yet. They were on the brink of the greatest miracle that they had ever seen. And so let me remind you tonight that if you're in a place on the way to your promised land, that that you don't see God's goodness, it's not over yet. And you could be on the brink of the biggest miracle you have ever seen in your entire life. So you need to resign to the fact that God is good and he is working and he knows the plan for me. It's a plan to prosper me, not to harm me. A plan to give me a hope and a future. And if I want to keep going down paths that that I want to control, then I'm not going to reap the benefits of the blessing of walking with God. The blessing comes through obedience. The blessing comes through trust. Not by saying, God, uh, thank you, I believe in you, but I'm going to take over now. I got this under control. Come on, ladies, we're really good at that, right? No, it's saying, God, you are good. And if my situation isn't good, then you're not done with it. But I'm going to be in a place that I stand in faith. I'm going to have crazy faith to say I'm not going to waver in those times. I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to use my mouth to speak against what you want to do in my life. I am going to stand and I'm going to watch you do the miraculous on my behalf. If it's not good, it's not over. If your marriage isn't good, God's not done working. If your kids aren't serving the Lord yet, God's not done working. If you're not healthy and whole yet, God's not done with you. Don't stop in the middle of the story. You keep believing. You keep working the word. You know in Jeremiah, uh, the Bible likens the word to a hammer. It says it breaks apart even the hard places. Who's got some hard places in their life? Some places that you feel like, yeah, I'd like to go to my promised land, but that, oh, that thing just keeps, keeps surfacing and I just can't get past it. For some of you, it might even feel like a wall. Get out the word. Work the word. Say, God, if, it, if, it, if my life doesn't look like your word, you know, James chapter 1 talks about the word of God being like a mirror that we look in. And it says if we walk away and we forget what it looks like, how good is that for us? That we need to be hearers and doers of the word. That, that when we look into the word of God as a mirror, it should reflect our lives. Do you know what that means? If there's something in my life that doesn't reflect God's word, then I have power to change it through the word. Not in my own controlling way, but I have power through the word of God to apply that word until I see it line up with what God, what God says. You know, part of having crazy faith is taking responsibility for your life. It's not fun to take responsibility sometimes. It's fun to blame, blame everyone else. To say, uh, you know, if my parents were different, if my husband were different, if I were married to him, if I had more money, uh, if I were smarter, if I had a better education, if, if I was uh, born into a wealthy family, all of these things. But when you stand up and say, you know what, this is my life, and I'm responsible for it, and I have the word of God, a sword, a weapon, a hammer in my hand to make things line up. 
to get things in order. If you're going to have crazy faith, you have to understand it's just not all on God. You know, I know I, I've been guilty of this in the past. I don't, probably none of you. But, but, you know, when I get a promise from God being like, this is going to be great, like a, a prophetic word or someone says something good's going to happen in my life. And I'm like, I can't wait to watch this. And God's like, you're not watching. Like, do it. Like, start moving with it. And, you know, uh, just understanding that, that we have the responsibility. If something in your life is frustrating you, if it's a hard place, if it looks like a dead end, a Red Sea, you have the responsibility. See, he told, he told Moses, he said, if you remember the scripture, he said, stop crying out to me and start moving. Stop crying out and start moving. He said, tell the people to stop crying and get going. Get going. You know, Deborah in, in Judges, uh, it, it talks about Deborah was a mother of Israel. How many of you know the story of Deborah? Deborah was a mother of Israel. And do you, do you know she had no natural children? No natural children. But God's word defined her as a mother. And do you know the attributes that defined her as a mother out of God's word? That she would prophesy over the children of Israel, and that she would govern them. And that always stuck out to me because I thought as a mother over my home, as the woman of my household, as, as you know, even strip away husbands and children, as me ruling over my life as a child of God, my job is to prophesy over my situation and to govern it. That I have control to prophesy over my life and I can govern my life. I can prophesy over my household, and I can govern my household. That you realize that the responsibility isn't for somebody else to do. It, it's me. It's me. That there is power in those two things that can change your situation. That can get things back in control. That can eliminate the chaos. How many of you heard the podcast, No More Chaos? You know, to get that chaos out of your life and get your life in order. If you want to have God kind of faith, your life's going to reflect a life of order. I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but the miracles that God wants to do starts within your home and within your life. And when you say, you know what, God, I'm believing you for great things this year. I'm believing you to do the miraculous. I'm believing you to break through hard places. It starts with me saying, okay, what, what do I have to speak and prophesy? What does the book of Mark say? You speak unto this mountain to be thrown into the sea. You speak it, prophesy prophesy over your situation get frustrated enough to speak to that thing so you know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waver I'm not gonna go back and forth I'm not gonna say you know uh, I'm not gonna use my words to create uh, doubt and unbelief but I'm gonna speak to that. that's what she, that's what Deborah did she prophesied over the children of Israel prophesy over your situation and then govern it govern it means to put things in order that means if there's something in your territory of influence how many of you know you have an influ a territory of influence you know, in your realm of influence, that if there's something out of order, you have the power to slap that thing back in line. To say, you know what, that's out of line. And maybe it hasn't always been that way. Maybe your life's been out of order. Maybe you have a hard time getting up in the morning. Maybe you don't read and pray. And, and maybe you, you can't even maybe hold back from sinful things that can just keep tripping you up. Say, God, you know, I'm going to start today. I'm going to get my life in order. I'm going to recognize the things in my life that are out of order, and I'm going to get them in order. My children, maybe your children are out of line. Maybe things in your household are out of line. Step up and say, God, as for right now, 
As for right now, what did Joshua do? Talking about crossing over, he, he drew a line in the sand. And he said, if you want to serve the Lord, you come to my side. If you want to serve false gods, you stay on that side. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if you dare cross over, then you can serve the Lord too. It's making a decision and saying, God, you have given me control and I'm going to start moving with you. You know, your faith is motion activated. Your faith is motion activated. The Bible says that faith without action is what? It's dead. So, you know, just like uh, he told the Israelites, stop crying and start moving. That's what he's telling us. That's what crazy faith does. It doesn't just say, God, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for this thing to happen. It's saying, all right, I'm standing up and I'm ready to move when you say move. I'm ready to go forward in what you've called me to do. I'm ready to obtain everything that you've called me to do. You know, the Bible says that his, that his plans for you are, are more than you can ever ask or imagine. That, that his plans for you are exceeding and abundantly more. So, you know, if you're going to obtain that, you're going to need more than just, oh, if it happens, it happens kind of faith. You're going to have to say, God, I'm going to move on that desire that you put into my heart. I'm going to start walking through the Red Sea. I'm going to look to the left and the right, and I'm going to observe as you clear a path before me. You know, I think about motion-activated doors. Has anyone ever gone through motion-activated doors? Of course you have. Uh, we're in America for crying out loud. And um, <laughs> I think about, you know, that, that they only open after you're moving towards them. My kids love that in stores. They'll like run up and then run back and stay right on the line where the motion sensor is. But, but you know, that's how God is with us. That as we start walking, the door starts opening. The sea starts parting. And, and if we're not careful, we'll, we'll stand back and we'll try to wait for it to open. If you're not moving, guess what? It's not opening. And if you're going to have crazy faith, you're going to say, God, I'm going to start walking. And I'm going to see things open before me. And I'm going to get to my promised land. I'm going to head there. And it might take the miraculous. It might take you doing some miracles. But I'm going to be crazy enough to believe that I'm going to obtain everything that you have for me. I'm crossing over. I'm crossing over. No more sin issues. No more sickness issues. No more emotional issues. No. Tonight I say enough is enough, and I'm going to leave it all behind. Leave it all behind, and I'm moving forward in faith. You know, the, the enemy doesn't really care if you have a little bit of faith. But when you start obtaining things, when you start accomplishing your purpose, it ticks him off. It ticks him off, and he'll do anything that he can do to try to trip you up and pull you back and make you doubt and make you think that it's never going to happen. And you might think, yeah, right, I have strong faith. But what about when that thought comes in your mind, that thought, am I good enough? Can I really do it? You know, we have, to, we have to cross over, ladies. We have to say, you know what, enough is enough. We're walking, and anything that's not of God can be consumed behind me. Anything that's not of God can be left in the water. That there might be issues that, that you've dealt with for years and years and years and years. And you can't have crazy faith when you're still dealing with sin issues. I'm sorry. It'll keep tripping you up. It'll keep holding you back. You'll keep stumbling. You'll, you'll feel bad about yourself all the time. You know, you won't have faith to move forward because if you think God's always mad at you, are you really going to go to him and ask him for something? No. Crazy faith, saying, God, you know what, anything of sin, I, I leave it behind tonight. Anything of, of you know, sickness and, and torment, anything that doesn't, isn't reflected in your word, it's not for me. That's not my portion. And I'm leaving it behind tonight. 
I'm leaving it in the water and I'm moving forward in everything that you have me to do because you've called me out. You've called me out. God has called you out into greatness. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what your story is. I don't care how messed up you've been. God's got a promised land for you, for your family. And, and if, if you're not crazy enough to obtain it, you'll never come into the fullness of it. So tonight, we're going to be women built of faith, saying, God, we're moving. We're moving. We're moving with your spirit. We're not going to waver back and forth. But if you said go, we're going to go. We're going to obtain it, everything that you have for me. You have to move with God. Faith is motion activated. And, you know, I love it. And, and I've heard preachers say this all the time, that, that a lot of times we, we come to the altar and we're like, God, I need more faith. Have you ever said that? Like, God, for, for what you've put into my heart, I need more faith to obtain it. And what I love here is this, that, that when God told Moses to lift up his scepter, it had nothing to do with, with Moses' abilities, with his, uh, with his uh, speech. Do you remember him saying, God, I, you can't use me. I can't even talk. Uh, no, it had nothing to do really with Moses, except Moses just had to obey God. And, you know, on the way to your promised land to have like crazy faith, all you have to do is obey God. To be willing and obedient to say, God, I'm, I'm crazy enough to step out and do what you've instructed me to do. That I'm crazy enough to believe you uh, for the impossible. And, you know, what Moses was really doing was he was just releasing his faith. It was that easy. You release your faith through obedience. Obedience releases faith. So we think we need more faith, we need more faith, we need more faith. And God is saying, no, you don't need any more faith. You just have to start releasing the faith that you have. You have to start applying it. Applying it. Saying, you know, you, know, you could have all, all of the makeup in the world. If you don't start applying that makeup, you're not going to be changed. You know, uh, it's, a, it's chick church. When else can I use that analogy? So, <laughs> you know, God has given you his word. He's given you instruction. He's given you that mirror. And when you start applying that word, you start to th see things change in your life. It comes through obedience. Just saying, God, you know what? I I'm going to obey. I'm going to hear you and I'm going to obey. And as you do that, you know, you're going to see things open up for you. You're going to release your faith. You're going to say, God, you know what? You told me to give in this offering. I don't know why, but I'm going to release my faith. I'm going to give. You probably have heard me tell the story before about, I, I, I'm not going to get into a long story, but I had a precious ring that had an emotional attachment to me. And I was believing God to buy a house. And uh, we had to sell our old house. And the Lord told me, he said, you know what, you need to give that ring in that offering. And I thought, wow, like, I, I really don't, like, the church can't really sell that ring and get anything for it. Like, are you sure, God, you don't want me just to write a check for the, the worth of the ring? And it, and it was between me and him, and it, I had to sew that ring. And as I sewed that ring in obedience, a long story short, it was that week that our house sold. And don't you know that it was my crazy faith that unlocked that? It didn't make sense. God, God will never speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. Your mind will always try to undo what God tells you to do, to rationalize it. I was like, you know what, that, that ring isn't really worth anything. How is that going to unlock something for me? And how, am I, how is that little ring going to unlock the sale of my house? Your mind will always suck the faith right out of you. God doesn't speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. 
So as he's spoken to your spirit, be quick to obey. You know, Moses just had to raise the staff. That's all he had to do. Could you imagine if he tried to rationalize that out with God? Like, God, do you see these waters? Do you see how this is going to turn out? And he said, no. He said, you start moving. You start moving. You raise your your staff in the hand, and you start telling the people to go. And, you know, whatever God is telling you to do, you just need to start moving in it. You need to obey. Be quick to obey. Say, God, I'm going to be crazy enough to obey everything that you tell me to do this year. That is crazy faith. According to the measure of faith in Romans 12, 3, that God has assigned us is, a, is what we will actually use to grow. As you're releasing your faith, your faith is going to grow. You better believe those Israelites had some faith when they saw that water part. They were probably scared to death. They were probably like, oh, my goodness, is this really happening? Is this really happening? And, and you know, you're going to have those moments in your life. I, and I'm even declaring it this year. That you're going to have moments that you're like, oh, my goodness, God, is this really happening? Is this really, is this, this is too good to be true. Like, pinch me. Like, is this really happening in my life? But your obedience will unlock things that you could never believe or conceive or do in your own strength. So stop trying to rationalize it in your head. Stop trying to say, God, I don't understand how that works. It's not going to work because if you could do it, you wouldn't need God. You need his supernatural to surpass your natural. And, and as, you, as you say, God, I'm going to obey. I don't understand, but I'm going to obey. You're going to see the miraculous open up in your life, releasing your faith, releasing your faith, saying, God, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be in anxiety. I'm going to release my faith by, by, you know, anointing my house with oil. I'm going to release my faith by, by laying hands on my child and praying for them. Instead of being in panic and, and, and calling a doctor and taking them to the hospital, I'm going to release my faith. I'm going to release my faith by, uh, you know, giving in that offering. Whatever it is, God's word always gives you a chance to obey and see a miracle. He always gives you a chance to obey. We get to partner with God in the miraculous. But we have to be willing and obedient. We have to say, God, I'm going to move when you tell me to move. Whatever it is that you've called me to do, I'm up for it. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then we have to leave some things behind. Leave some things in the water. We can't move on in crazy faith if we're, if we're still stuck, you know, and, and we're still turning back and we're still, uh, you know, struggling with things. There's some things that we have to say, God, I'm done. Let them be consumed in the water. And I love this because uh, God consumed the enemies of the Israelites. Consume them in the water. The very thing that he used as a miracle for the people of God, he used to destroy the enemy with. And, you know, as, as the chariots were coming, I could only envision, and I think back to that little cartoon I was going to play for you all, of, of, of Pharaoh's army thinking they were going to just turn around and, and go back. But that wasn't enough. No, God said, he said, Moses, lift up your hand one more time. And as he did, those walls started coming in on the enemy. And there's some things in your life, as you move forward in crazy faith, that God is going to consume He's going to consume your enemies. You know, in the story that I read in the beginning, uh, I don't know if you're paying attention uh, to hear that the angel of the Lord went from in front of the Israelites to behind them. That the pillar went from in front of the Israelites to behind them. Who was behind the Israelites? Their enemy. 
God got in between his children and the enemy. And as you move forward in crazy faith, as you move forward and you, you say, God, I'm going to obtain everything that you have for me this year. I'm, I'm crossing over. I'm done. How many of you are done? There's some things in your life that you just need to be done with. Not done like I quit. I'm going to close my drapes and just cry. Done. Done with like I'm ticked off and I'm done. I'm done fighting this battle. I'm, I'm not taking this into this year. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I'm done. And that's the point that you have to get to. You say, God, I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm taking my stand. I'm taking my place. I'm going to step out in crazy faith. And as you do that, not only does God give you a chance to obey him and his supernatural provision and the miracles happen, but he consumes the enemy. He won't let the enemy come. You know, so many times we think we're walking in faith, but we just have enough faith just to be a little bit on God's side. But when God is saying, look, when you step out and you start really moving, when you start changing, when you start commanding things in your life to get in order, when you start prophesying to situations, I hem you in. Isn't that what the Bible says? I'm your rear guard. I'm behind you. I'll consume the enemies that try to take you out. Never to come back again. See, it, it would have been one thing if the, if the, the enemies just went back to Egypt. But if they just went back to Egypt, what, the, the Israelites would have always thought, maybe they're coming for us. Maybe they're going to come back to us. If, if he didn't consume the enemies, they might have thought, well, maybe I, could, maybe I could go back to Egypt. Maybe that wall, that little path will still be there, and I can go back. Uh, no, he completely consumed. He said, it's done. It's finished. It's finished. You can't look back. You can't keep going back anymore. Not only can you not keep going back, but I've completely consumed that thing in your life. That sin, that torment, that mindset, that thing that kept holding you back. God will consume it if you get some crazy faith. If you say, you know what, I'm done with it. I'm shaking it off. I'm done with it. You know, the Apostle Paul got to the point in the book of Acts where when a snake was in a fire, do you all remember that story? And, and it tried to bite him. And what did he do? He shook it off. When you start to move with God, when the enemy tries to trip you up, it's like you're just, you just keep moving. When before, maybe you would be stifled by it, you would be hindered by it, it would trip you up, it would uh, suck your faith, it would, it would poison your faith. Now you, you're walking with God, you're in motion with God, and you just shake it off. It doesn't even affect you. He consumes your enemies. He's your rear guard. Never, ever to let them come back. Never. No, no turning back. He, he seals it off so that it can no longer torment you. And that's what crazy faith does. It says, no more. I've had enough. Uh, no more torment. No more distractions. Nothing for my family. How many of you are tired of your family being tormented? You stand up. You start moving. You take your place. God's given you his word like a hammer to say, God, you know what? No more with my family. I'm going to apply this word until I see it change. Your marriage. No more am I going to be tormented by, by my marriage. You know, some of you, God has given you a promise, but your marriage is so rocky that, that it's like, a, it's like a, a blurred vision. Like you can't see how that could ever happen because of your marriage. Do you get what I'm saying? Or you don't see how that could ever happen because of your children. Or you don't see how that could ever happen because of your health. 
because of. It can't because of. After tonight, we're going to believe that as you step out in crazy faith, those things separate from you. That they no longer cling to you. They no longer define you. It's not the lens from which you see the promises that God has in store. God's got good things, amen? And you're going to walk and obtain every one of them in Jesus' name. We're stepping out tonight, amen? Thanks again for joining us for the Mrs. Rev Podcast. If you could help us out, do us a favor and subscribe, but also leave a rating and a review. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. So after you subscribe, request to join our closed Facebook group and feel free to leave any of your questions there. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast.